Mr. Brown. Hello? Hi, Hosni. How are you? I'm okay. I am so sorry. I have been quite a pain in your day today. It's all right. <laughs> I think that that's part of what makes great marketeers, I could say, you know, just patience with your clients and learning how to tolerate their uh, their insufficiencies in order to, to, to satisfy their needs, right? Very true, yeah. <laughs> so how was your day for sure? How was your day? Uh, it's been good, it's been good. But I've always wanted to ask, what's your favorite food? Uh, good question and bad answer. I don't know. I love my toke. Okay. Uh, with greens, uh, that's cabbage and avocado. Mm. So if I was stuck with if I was stuck with food, I guess that's that's what I'd take. Okay, so like sauce, sauce-wise, is is it the greens or the sun melt, or, or, or there is no particular to the sauce? No sauce, sauce, no nothing. Um, was well, because I I've been stuck with beef for some time, but okay. I, I, but I know it's a bad idea. Like it's not, <laughs> it's not good. So. <laughs> okay, bad idea. Okay. Yeah. So um, greens, uh, sukuma wiki, cabbage, mm. avocado. Yeah, if I can get more of those, I'd be happier. You'd be, sure. you'd be happier. Yeah, and healthier. When was the last time you were both happier and healthier? Uh, that would have to be before COVID. Wait a minute. You mean to tell me that that was the last time you had the menu that you just gave us? No, this morning I did without avocado though. No, I'm just saying before I used to like be very religious with it. Okay. But... Then COVID came and I was like, you know what? Um, it's okay. I can have some beef. Mm. Started with fish. Mm. Went to chicken. Okay. Chicken gave birth to beef. That's like that's like saying a hen a hen gave birth to a cow. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah. Uh, what they been? Well, uh, quite amazing. But I do remember for sure the last time we spoke. You know, you were in ginger and you were just getting a feel of of ginger. You know, just 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 like soaking yourself into the environment. What is it like? What does what does ginger look like from your perspective? It's a it's a fantastic place. Um, I I think uh, you know if if I was the mayor of ginger, I'd definitely leverage ginger for tourism heavily um it has that ambience of just chilled and relaxed uh sort of kind of atmosphere and environment so it's kind of it's really awesome uh, i almost didn't come back <laughs> you know when you say it like that that it, it really it really thrills me i almost didn't come back yeah like like i was getting more pissed off on the way by the time i got to Mukono, I was like, oh, man, I'm back. Ah, <laughs> You're back yeah. to the dust of Kampala. Oh, yeah. I was like, ah, okay. All right. I'll be back. When? 
Uh, hopefully soon. I'm, I'm planning to be up there again before the end of the month. Ah, okay, okay. End of the month is quite soon. Oh, yeah. So you mentioned some attractive places in Jinja. Like, which places did you spot? Um, well, the lake uh, by default. Um, well, saying that to Ugandans is like saying Matoki. Mm. Uh, it's like almost everywhere. But, yeah, the lake just makes Jinja awesome because you've got like so many spots where you're able to go in Jinja and... Mm just be by the lake but mm. it really does it does it a lot of justice and of course the river mm-hmm. the Nile is just quite something mm-hmm. it's like an extension of the lake is just you know mm-hmm. it's like the lake decided to spread an arm and go like oh I can I can also do this and yeah <laughs> so it's awesome uh, but um yeah. King, Kingfisher and Ginger is really good. Yeah, really yeah, for good. sure. Yeah. For sure. The, garden, the gardens, the ambience, uh, it's pretty good. Hmm. Actually, I must say, by the way, I must say, I don't know if perhaps you've noticed, but your sense of humor has really accelerated ever since you came from Ginger. <laughs> Ginger think... can do that. Ginger can do that. <laughs> I think you should go there more often. I'm telling you. I think you should go oh, there yeah. more often. I'm gonna make it a monthly trip. For sure. It it would only be in your best interests. Definitely. <laughs> At least I'd 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 humor people more, so Yeah. Which is which is a good it's 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 a good uh yeah, it's a good treat to have, so yeah. Well I think I, I would say that's like uh that would perhaps be the best catch up ever for sure because it then you know gives the listeners a joint of uh who Mr. Brown was the last time we spoke to him and now, you know, so we have literally been able to uh bridge the previous episode to to today's episode and it for sure is, you know <laughs> You know, so uh, <laughs> I would say for anyone that is listening, also uh, for the first time right now, they at least do know that the, we we have a history, you know, and at least they also do have a little bit of a scoop in your personal life. Uh, for oh, the most, for the most part, I just feel like the, the the best way to get personal with someone is to know their best food. Like once you know that, <laughs> you have a foot in the door. <laughs> is it? Yes, it is. So what does Matoke say about me? Well, it does not necessarily say anything about you, but it says about it. It says a lot about what you would rather eat. Ah, okay, makes yeah. sense. There's so, a if quote. Said, so if I said chapat and uh, and muchomo, still, and... <laughs> still, oh, it's a good point. I think there's there's a time when I had a very separate conversation uh, with somebody mm. they were telling me uh, you can tell a lot about a person mm. by the kind of plants they take care of mm. and what if they don't take care and, of any plants like if you go if you go into anyone's compound who has plants mm-hmm. you can tell what kind of a person they are by just looking at it just by looking at their garden my father has a he 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 does potted mangoes. What does that say about him? Because I still struggle to figure out what kind of man he is. 
you know, question is how well does he take care of them? That's the point. Well, he like you know trims them and weeds them, and I mean the mangoes look very juicy, but he never allows anyone to pluck even one. That's the point. So it it, it just tells you that uh, if 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 say for instance you had an investment, yeah, that would be a perfect person to give the investment to, because mm. plants are not easy. Plants, nice flowers and grass doesn't just grow and take care of itself. Mm, yeah. So when you find a place or a homestead where things, like the gardens are really well taken care of and things like that, it tells you about the character of, of that person. Mm. Very easily. Like what you're saying about food, well, for food, I don't know. That's to be tested. But <laughs> on 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 gardens and... Yeah. Uh, just taking care of trees and things mm. like that mm. can tell you so much about a person. Mm-hmm, and sure. you, you do notice that when that person either moves to a new home mm-hmm. or is no more, mm-hmm. if the people who they have left that home to mm. do not have the same characters or the same discipline, you know, discipline all of a sudden, the home just turns into something else. Yeah. Fences start to fall. Da, 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 da. Like it's it's it it's really a direct reflection of the person. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I never thought about that in that in that way, but it tells so much about how how well of a businessman he is for sure. You know, in that perspective, but nonetheless, yeah, yeah. um. Just to draw to the court, actually, it was the court that said that that made me, you know, intertwine uh, both theories. But the court says the shortest route to a man's heart is through his stomach. Mm, yeah, yeah. So I'm told. Yeah, so I've so, heard too. For for me, I I I, I question that quite Yours a bit. Through the water. Or I am yet to eat whatever those men were given. Okay, that's a good one. You should go to you should go to Ginger more often. (laughs) You're on fire tonight. (laughs) Okay. There was another quote. There was another quote from a movie scene that someone actually quoted. Uh, I actually saw it from the WhatsApp status. By the way, I, I'm not really an advocate for what I'm about to say. It, it was just very amazing. So the quote was that. Jesus, Jesus, disclaimer yourself. Yeah. Uh, uh, whatever you're about to listen to or watch is does not in any way. Uh, portray the views of this network. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> like you just have to put it out there because I mean people are swift and fast these days, and like you, you, you know, copied with the from another source. <laughs> yes, copied from another source and is only said for reference purposes, but not necessarily in legitimate cause to the show. <laughs> Can you hear me? What, what is this? What is this that has, has really been introduced? So anyway, the guy was like, actually, I think it was like a movie line or something. The guy was like, people try to drink away their sorrows 
But for the most part, the reason why they are not able to drink them away is because they don't drink enough. Hmm. All right. So uh, are we talking about them drinking enough of their sorrows or just drinking alcohol? Like if they are to drink enough alcohol, then the sorrows would actually disappear? Well, or... uh-huh, okay. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to get a like a grasp of this movie scene. Uh, what exactly were they talking about? Guinness. So no, it's, it was actually not Guinness as such. It was not. It was not even any commercial company at all. It was uh-huh. like you know some guy who was like really really uh, blockbuster into alcohol, not and he like always used to resort to alcohol to solve any mental issues he had, and apparently he claimed that it worked for him. So. He used to, he was narrating a saying, perhaps, that he used to perceive from other people, that even if you drink so much, you can never drink away your sorrows. You know, and he was like, the reason why those people say that is because they never drink enough. I see why you, I see why you have to disclaimer. <laughs> I am not an advocate of drug or alcohol. Yeah. Please understand that. <laughs> why we may be affiliated with. <laughs> It it has nothing to do with us. We we, we just we just but, sharing wisdom from heart to heart, not from heart to heart, from head to head, actually. Yeah, I I think sometimes uh, okay. One of the things that I've noticed a lot with people is that they tend to assume that, mm-hmm. um, and I think we mentioned this. Uh, I think we did in in the last uh, podcast, but yeah. um, I think people tend to assume they would make different choices mm. they were in the shoes of somebody. Mm, yeah, yeah, man in the arena. Yeah, exactly, yes. Like, I would have I would have used my left hand, not the right hand. Mm-hmm. You know, same thing, same thing we see with a lot of people who love sports and football, like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez, man, for sure. But hey, c- can we get into the podcast? Because we've just been having our own selfish talks, and uh... <laughs> it's like we've just been having our own one-on-one solo. And someone is like, "Man, when are these guys stopping that foolishness and like give us some game?" <laughs> true, 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 one hundred. <laughs> so anyway, um, welcome back to the Hosni Mubarak Show. And well, you do know a desire as always. I have again, Mister Brown. He does not actually need any introduction for sure. I would say he is the man of the hour. The man of the hour and a few more minutes plus always because uh, for the most part we tend to promise that we'll do 60 minutes but of course by the time this comes to an end you never feel like it's 60 minutes and neither do we at any one point in time but nonetheless we also do enjoy doing this and uh, today we actually want to look into how to actually get people to need what you have or perhaps to create something that people need. Well, for the most part, the orthodox way of calling that is marketing. You've normally had this before people say blah, 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 A, B, C, D. But we now are going to get it from someone that has actually been living the life and he has been doing the, the practice for quite some time, knows what works, knows what doesn't work, has actually met very many uh, moments and experiences that he's yet about to share with us and how he has been able to get over those things as it is. He actually hinted about it 
uh, about how sometimes someone can see you or perhaps see something and assume that I would have done it with my left hand or oh, I would have done it this way. You know, it actually says a lot about his experience because by the time someone makes that statement, then for sure he has been in that spot, you know. So nonetheless, Mr. Brown, the floor is yours. Let us know. What situation was that that you were in? And then perhaps someone made that 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 comment, you know, that they would have done something different with respect to perhaps a certain project that you're doing uh, that had anything to do with, like, you know, creating awareness and awareness and creating need. Um. Well, so we are diving straight into the sixty minutes. Okay. <laughs> Please do. All right. Um. So what happens if it's if it's less? Like, what happens if we just do like six minutes? Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I guess uh, I've I've had so many instances um, for purposes of uh, of of concealing uh, the actual case scenarios. I'll, I'll create a scene. I guess just to explain it, uh, in the sense that in in quite a lot of cases that I've experienced, um, uh, so uh, I can we get a, can we get a case that was related to the TEDx event, something that happened, something that perhaps you were in charge of, and maybe it didn't go as expected. And then someone behind the scenes or perhaps behind the curtain was like, oh, we could have done this or we could have done that. Is, is there something you could draw from that? <laughs> uh, well, the TED event, I guess, is is uh, came in in a timely manner where I've had uh, experience with so many events. So it, it really helped in terms of just cleaning it up. So if... I'm, I'm sure you've had a chance uh, to talk to uh, most of the people who attended the TEDx IUEA sure. uh, event, and they were quite happy with. They're actually more impressed. I guess they did not expect that we would be able to hold an event of that level in Uganda. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that's the whole thing around it. Like yeah. it, it it looks simple. Mm-hmm. But there's so many events that I've been involved with uh, on a global scale from, uh, say, Johannesburg, South Africa, to Abu Dhabi, to Scotland, to Kenya, to Uganda. Uh, so give and take, I've, I've been involved in over 100 major events. Now, uh, through all those events, you learn the blueprint of an event. Um and in most cases, there are things that you overlook um, uh, that look like they are minor issues. Because normally when people are concentrating on events, the first thing they think of is a budget. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, uh, where are we going to get the money? And then you figure out where you're going to get the money. But by the time you're figuring out where the money is coming from, there's so many other things that you feel, ah, now that we have the budget yeah. and it's being provided for, everything is going to go smooth. Mm. But the thing that I've learned with events is order. That's why yeah. you, you hear the word event organizers. Yeah. Like you have to be organized to the toothpick. Mm. Mm, to the toothpick. <laughs> exactly. So, um, give and take. 
our guests have to be welcomed in an event, mm-hmm. reasons they've not been part of the event, and therefore they may not necessarily know that you had planned the left side <laughs> for Hosni and his team, and therefore uh, if people sit on that side, you wouldn't, you know, it's going to mess up the plan and all these things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I need to take some water. For sure. No worries. Yeah. Um, if we're in studio, at least um, you'd have called for somebody to... Can somebody please get Mr. Brown some water? <laughs> Definitely. Hey, listen. Listen. In three years from now, that's, that, that's the talk we go. Actually, you, we will not need to send someone to get it. It will be there. <laughs> Probably sponsored by Coca-Cola and Renzori. Exactly. That's the game. Good. You get it. You get it. Like sometimes I talk to people about this. I like that. Like, man, what's this podcast foolishness? Like, what are you doing? The marketing team at Renzori would be like, oh, Mr. Brown is choking. This is nice. This is good for us. You can finally see what our product does. (laughs) If you drink Coca-Cola, you'll be just as smart as he is. <laughs> there are these people who always maximize every opportunity to, you know, market something. I remember when uh was it Puma? I think they wanted to market their shoes, so they actually asked uh Maradona mm-hmm. when the game is about to begin, as soon actually it was they were going to kick off the game. So when they blew before they blew the whistle he just knelt down and tied his shoes and the cameras went to the shoes. <laughs> you know, and that just blew up the company overnight. I know. Like, you know? That, but that's, that's, that's the whole essence of marketing. It, yeah. um, well, most people think it's just about visibility, but it's about right timing. Yeah. Uh, because you're trying, you're trying to, um, I'm pretty sure you've probably come across um, Seth Gordon. Yeah, I've read all his 18 books. Good, I love that guy. And probably what most people don't know is they've they've heard about the purple cow effect. Yes, good. I love the way he packaged mm. the book too. It was so purple exactly. cow indeed. And um, it's that's that's basically what. Uh, most people confuse marketing with publicity. Mm, yeah. Well, they are tied to each other. They're like cousins, but or, or brother and sister or whatever mm. uh, analogy you want to use that means they're related. But mm-hmm. um, publicity and marketing are two different things. Mm. Um, in in the essence that uh, marketing has is the goal of marketing is in a nutshell to sell the product or service behind what you're marketing. Yeah. Um, so there needs to be uh, sales moved when it comes to marketing. Publicity, yeah. not necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, publicity is just creating awareness, right? Yeah. So you could, you could have like 5 million views on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And that's good. That's publicity. Yeah. You know, the marketing means that those people who have been, you know, who 
are seeing the publicity or who are seeing what you are publicizing mm-hmm. are raising like they're, it's it's now giving them an emotional connection yeah. to a level where they make a decision. Yeah. And of course, if if you're making if, if you're doing marketing right, then it means they will make a decision towards getting or acquiring your product. Yeah. So, um, in this case, um, the the um, how do I put it? So. Uh, back to the question you asked and say TEDx and and the event and of course um, one of the reasons why International University of East Africa uh, was very uh, supportive and, and uh, forthcoming with regards to hosting the event mm, I saw it too I saw it too <laughs> yes so uh, yeah. it's is um is is purely based on the idea that it's a TED event. Yes, yes. But more importantly, there are conversations that are hard to have on normal conferences that you are able to have on a TED event. Yeah. And while we may not have had most of those, because uh, one of the things that you'll notice is, uh, while I understand there has been a fear that TED uh, similar TED events in Uganda, I think about another two. Mm-hmm. There is zero material on them online. Mm, for sure. You, you know, and it's it's all about planning and organizing. So yeah. um um you've you had a chance to uh to talk to Hussein as well who mm. you know we we work day day and night with as as a young man, he's done so much and incredibly well. Yeah. But the, where I was going with this is that there are conversations that we need to be having in this country, more so for young people, yeah. that have nothing to do with political affiliations, that mm. have have nothing to do with religion, that have have purely to do with the growth and the direction the country is going and where young people are going. Yeah. Now. Creating a platform, well, TED, of course, by default, creates that that platform where um, as soon as you mention TED to people, you will know who those people are. Mm. More more like a Christmas test with your with your food <laughs> with your food analogy. But yeah. uh, there are people who will be like, "What's TED?" Yeah. Yeah. And immediately you'll be like, okay, okay, not the person you necessarily talk to. Wrong you know? audience. <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah. But somebody who understands and knows TED, by default, asks themselves questions why. Hmm. Like, why, why, why should we necessarily do that? Yeah. And, and not this way. Shouldn't it be more efficient if we handled it this way or that way? Mm-hmm. Now, Having more of these conversations with our young people in Uganda is super important. Yeah. Because I, I, I tend to think that people sometimes think of solving or, you know, solving problems for people who either don't exist, they're all in their heads. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, as we discuss marketing. So what most people assume is what MTN is doing or what Coca-Cola is doing, you know, uh, is what they need to do. Hmm. 
So you go ahead and pay for a TV ad. Yeah. And and you cough. Uh, mm, yeah. You cough so much, and then you're like, okay, that's not working. It's definitely not the direction to yeah. go. Uh, you know what? I hear social media is the thing. Uh, how who understands digital marketing? Yeah. Can you get a digital marketing team? And then somebody comes and advises you and says, you know, uh, bloggers would do you great. You'll have like 300,000 likes in a week. And then, and then yeah. you know, yeah. thing. And then for sure, for sure, you get your 300,000 likes, but your product is still in your store. Yeah, there is no margin. There's nothing. Nothing is moving other than the two bottles that were picked by your cousin. Nothing has gone. Right? <laughs> For free of which? <laughs> exactly, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so it's, it's, um, it's, it's through this that, um, kind of, uh, you know, um, I'm, I'm trying to bring up that point of, most people assume that, oh, I have a budget, I have 50 million, this can give me advertising on NBS and NTV for a whole month. I just need, like they are reaching out, you know, radio stations as well will give you, just like Facebook does, they'll give you serious numbers of their viewership and ABCD. Yeah. If these people are reaching out to a million people every day, mm. yeah. One person, one person has to like my product. One person. Yeah. And since it's a million people, it can't be one person. At least a thousand people. Let's say a zero point, you know, people like to use those percentages a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A zero point, zero point one percent of, of one million is ten thousand. Mm-hmm. Ten thousand customers buying my product. That's all I need. Mm. And all I have to do is cough, what, fifteen? 10, 15, 20 million for ads for one week to reach out to these 1 million people. And then you do it. And then you don't get customers. You get two, three people calling you. And the people calling you are your competitors mm. who have the same product in the market. They're like, hey, okay, this, this person is upcoming. Okay, mm. we'll see. That. And what people always forget is one thing. The customer is always right. Yep. It's about the consumer who is going to consume the product. And while, you know, while, yes, uh, marketing and publicity and all these things are a way of talking to as many consumers as possible, the level of interaction with consumers is what actually helps you sell. Yeah. Now, start by just where you are. Like, think of it this way. Um, give me an example of a product that you would want marketed, for instance. Let's assume, as Hosni, you've set up, you've set up a shop or factory or something like that for product X. What product is that? Hosni Mubarak Show. All right. Okay. So you want us to sell us. Okay. Okay. All right. We shall sell air to people. Fantastic. Okay. Mm-hmm. Great. So, um, so, um, Okay, now that I'm quite familiar with uh, Husband Mubarak show, um, then uh, your audience is a very specific audience. Yes. It's 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 the kind of audience that already understand certain things about life and how life works. Uh, more importantly, is the kind of audience that 
are looking for growth. Yeah. Whether it's to grow their businesses, whether it's to grow their personal lives. In short, they have a specific focus. They're not just listening in for entertainment. Yeah. Now, that means that there's a whole audience that the show would not reach out to. Why? Because they would not identify with it. Mm-hmm. Now, if you sent, if you went on Google and paid Google a million dollars to advertise the Hosni Mubarak show, and you don't give them specifics, what happens? They advertise for you based on your budget to everybody. Yeah, randomly. Exactly. But as I said, your show attracts the kind of person who is thinking of growth. Now, if you tell Google, uh, well, we want to run an ad, but we want to run a targeted ad. What that means is we want to reach out to the kind of person who would be best suited to listening to the Hosni Mubarak show. So uh, this is just what people normally do. So I'm going to move from that and go to a very different strategy, right? Mm-hmm. So the question you would need to ask yourself is, okay, so which kind of person is this that wants growth and whatnot? Who exactly is this person? And maybe start with yourself as Hosni, you are probably one of those people. And then you ask yourself, okay, so where can I get more of these kind of people? Hmm. And that now starts to put together your marketing strategy. Yeah. So, so for instance, um, I'm assuming anybody who is starting a business is starting a business because they, they are, there are certain things they feel the business will be able to help them accomplish, which means they are looking for growth. For sure. So you look at, for instance, creating content or products for people who are starting businesses. What kind of things do people who are starting businesses, what kind of things would they be interested in? Maybe startup capital. Yeah. Which means as a show, you may need to talk to people who help to provide seed capital or startup capital, whether it's venture capitalists or uh, microfinance institutions, government institutions that are providing funding. What that does is that you're now thinking of your target group or your person. They don't care about Hosni Mubarak show. Definitely. You get it. They will now care about the show, if it's giving them, if the products it's providing or, or whatever it's giving them is helping them in what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So in this case, by just starting to structure that, then as soon as you start talking about financing and where fin- funding is, is available, all those people who are trying to build up their businesses and are looking for funding and startup capital and whatnot, they really want to listen in. They'll play, they'll play that podcast over and over again just to know that they're hearing it right and they can go here and these are the directions and these are the people to see. Mm-hmm. Secondly, somebody who is starting a business is also uh, probably looking into whatever business they've started has a product or service, right? Yeah. So they'll, they'll be looking for market for it. So, for instance, if you look into the new supermarkets that have come into the Ugandan market, like Carrefour, uh, they provide 
access to market or to customers and consumers for goods and services, right? Mm-hmm. So, for instance, if you brought in their head of, say, procurement or whoever is in charge with regards to uh, getting new products into the store uh, on the show, right? Yeah. A lot of people providing or producing goods that would be sold at the supermarket would most likely be listening in. Mm-hmm. They would want to listen in to know exactly what kind of crime criteria the, the supermarket is using and whatnot. Now, we're discussing a marketing strategy for Hosni Mubarak show. Yes. But as you can tell, we're discussing whatever I'm sharing has nothing to do with Hosni and who Hosni is and whatnot. And that's what people do. They'll be there explaining, oh, my product has aloe vera in it, it has jojoba oil, we're using olive oils. What they forget is there are already enough products in the market mm-hmm. that have the same ingredients. Yeah. What you should be talking about is what it's actually solving. So, for instance, mm-hmm. a person buying it may be wanting to get rid of dandruffs, and you have found that your product actually does that. So, in your marketing, you want people to actually use it. You may even give free samples to people who already have those kind of conditions mm-hmm. to show them that the product actually works. Now, that's a better marketing strategy than discussing the ingredients. And most people discuss the ingredients mm-hmm. and want to share the branding mm-hmm. because they've seen uh, big companies that provide a similar brand doing the same thing. But you forget that the customer is always right. Yeah. And the customer's decision is not based on the Hosni Mubarak show. It's based on whatever they are facing in their lives yeah. and it? how it provides a solution. Yeah. That's it. I think it's at this point where people insert their credit card details. Yes, this is it. Uh, it's 4247. <laughs> 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 It's only $9.99 for the next five minutes. Oh, yes. Um, and this is the juicy part. This is how I explain to you how you make a million dollars in two nights. <laughs> okay, I think I would buy that. <laughs> two nights? Uh, I know. I, I always see those things where uh, Mr. Husband Mubarak has made $10,000 this month yeah. without lifting a finger. Mm. All because of our very nice app. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Oh, oh people, 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 people. Yeah. It's, it's just like, um, uh, whoever, I don't know who's behind it, but whoever has been sending those links that have, uh, anniversaries for large corporate companies. Mm, someone wants to make bread for free. Ah. <laughs> that, that guy is a genius. She needs a bow down or they need a bow down. They're like, huh. And she look at this. The UN is looking to employ 1,000 people to help out in COVID. <laughs> and they send everybody else. I know. And they put and $90 from each one of those. Yeah, they just fish for people's details. That's the point. So, But that's the whole idea. Like, if if... It's, yeah, anyway, so. It's okay, you can say it. You have to think, you know, you, 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 you just have to stop 
for a minute and just think through. Yeah. Um, if you want to fly, but all of a sudden you start thinking, mm-hmm. something's not going right. Mm. Okay. It, it has nothing to do with whether you had a flight or you had tied a bunch of uh, eagles on, on something and they fly away and hopefully carry you. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. It's, it, by default, if you start heading in the wrong direction, it's the first, it should be your first signal to stop fast. Mm. Say one more. Say that one more time for the people at the back. <laughs> hi, hi, people at the back. I was. Uh, I yeah, we, we missed we, it. I trust me. If you're listening, you missed that. I I promise you, you missed that. Just, just. He's gonna say one more time slower, and please get it. I promise you, you missed it. So, uh, what, what I'm simply saying is this: is that, uh. In in other words, so I'm I'm going to use the example I've used, and I'm going to use a real example in terms of okay, more of just a more realistic example. So if your goal is to fly, mm-hmm. and you're now ready to fly, and as soon as you press the button to fly, whatever that would be, all of a sudden you start heading down, something is wrong. Like mm. like you shouldn't need to think of oh did I have a plane? Uh-uh wrong the 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 intention is to go up i'm going down yeah so something's off right Mm -hmm. now same thing with products and services if if you are having two thousand uh likes every day on your facebook and you've talked to every blogger in town and all of a sudden you have 300 400, 500,000 followers, call it a million, you know. Yeah. And all these things are going very well, but you have only sold two key holders. Yeah. Hmm. Check it again. Something's wrong. That's the wrong direction. Yeah. Okay. So no matter how you justify all the market, the market is just not responding. People nowadays are just so bad. No, 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 no. You're dealing with it wrongly. Yeah. Something is off somewhere and you should check it. Mm. Yeah. Poof. So how, where, where exactly do they need to check? Well, that's, that makes that's, sense. that's the thing. Like, um, uh, huh. This is the thing with marketing. It gets very complicated because it's not mathematics. Mathematics is very easy. You one plus one equals two. Sometimes it's three. <laughs> Never in mathematics. It's always two. Well, 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 but in marketing, though, in marketing, exactly. that's the thing. It, that's it becomes doing. complicated. <laughs> it becomes complicated. Um, but, but now, when it comes to checking. Uh, the easiest way to always check when it comes to marketing is your clients. Mm-hmm. Don't lie to yourself. Don't don't beat around the bush. And don't go to don't don't make your family and friends your clients. Well, they could they could be they could be your clients and they are fine and yes they will buy your products. But those are not the people you get advice from. 
Yeah. And the reason is they already know you, so they have a bias, yeah. uh, whether positive or negative. You want to talk to the person who is actually using your product to solve the solution. Yeah, yes. Okay? So, and you want to talk to people who don't know it's even you who is providing the product, so that they purely tell you what they are thinking about that product, which is why you see uh, large companies, Puma, Nemid, Nike, all these guys, when they get a new product, they really test it out. On masses, people who do not have an idea that mm. it's a Nike product, right, or it's a Puma product, yeah. they basically test it out in the essence of, okay, here's this shoe, okay? How do you feel when you wear it? Mm. Is it pinching? Is it, you know, to actually see if it actually does it? Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, this shoe is designed for running. It's supposed to apparently make you run twice as fast. <laughs> Can you run and see if you're running twice as fast? And somebody says, yeah, no, I've actually never run as slow as that. Oh, no, it was actually, but funny enough, it's very comfortable. And then you, know, you get all this kind of feedback. So same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, give me a product. Uh, in this in this case, let's let's not use the. That was minimum of actual. Like, give me a physical kind of product that's not a service uh, that you may probably have or produce. Pen. A pen, yeah. Okay, good. So, a person using a pen wants to definitely, most likely, ninety-nine percent of the time, wants to write, right? For sure. So, um, yes. Yeah, so they either, you know, so you whether it's kids in school or it's people in offices, name it. So if you have a new pen, and probably this pen lasts for a whole school term, mm. and only it has a fingerprint thing, maybe, you know, we've, we've come up with a tech pen, so it has a fingerprint thing, so if somebody steals your pen, it won't write. Hmm, when am I getting me one of those? You know, <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just, I'm, I'm not showing you, so it's, it's a brilliant idea, right? Okay. But then it, it makes sense and all these things and you've advertised and, you know, people are not quite buying. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? Get a bunch of those pens without advertising and anything. Get different kids and demographics in different schools, people in offices. Give them pens for free and then tell them, you know what? Um, uh if if you go use this pen and come and tell me exactly what you like or don't like about it, you get uh, five thousand UGX for free. Just go use it, right? Yeah. And 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 a person is going to probably use it, and you know all these kind of things. What I'm saying is how how you run the 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 how how you run the 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 the. Uh, what's it called? Uh, they are called control group research. Uh, yeah. Yes, but how you run it is is absolutely up to you. But what I'm simply saying is, they'll come and give you feedback, mm. and they'll come and tell you, "Oh, the pen works fantastically," or "I couldn't use it at all. I don't know why." You know. Like, but you know that's the point. Like, get feedback on your product, then fix those things because those are the things that people are not liking or understanding about it. But then you may realize that the product works perfectly, mm. and then the next thing in most of these control groups that they'll do is pricing. Yeah, 
So maybe your pricing is what's the wrong part. Like people are not willing to pay you mm-hmm. that amount of money for that product. Yeah. You know? So find out what it is and then fix those things. Because without fixing them, no amount of marketing will take you anywhere. But you, you, do you know what I think people need to fix first? Yeah. Is that ego? Oh, yeah, definitely. That You cannot have that. When when it comes to marketing, you need to detach your feelings yeah. from the product to a good extent. Mm-hmm. Um, feelings are excellent when building a company because they, they, they help you stick in there to build it. But when using the product again, remember, you're not the one who's going to use the product. Mm-hmm. So while you may love how it works or how it's, you know, and you're struggling to explain to people, you guys need to use it this way. You need to listen to the people who are using it and whether they are finding it easy to use it. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is, you know, it's, um, well, of course, there there's a whole area of marketing that, that you know, we won't discuss here, but the essence that it also determines us to what kind of target groups you're looking at, you know, um, some products purely are made as novelty kind of products. Some products are made uh, as uh, sentimental value, novelty kind of products. Uh, but then other products now are made for purposes of use, yeah. which means that you're looking at the performance or or how the product itself solves your solution. So if it's a pen, purely it's for writing. So no matter how fancy it is, whether it has gold, whether it has all these things, bottom line, bottom line is that if that pen is meant for writing specifically, then the person will be more careful as to how it writes, whether it, it writes on the, on all the paper they have or whatever things like that. The person will be concerned on its functionality. Yeah. But if it's a novelty item, the pen may be costing a hundred thousand dollars because apparently it has uh, very rare rubies at the top. Yeah. It still has ink and can write, but it's yeah. it's a novelty item. So it, it would be useless for you for starters to do a control group research thing uh, for a pen like that yeah. with people one who can barely even afford a meal a day. Yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so 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 all those things really matter when when you're thinking just about the approach for your marketing plan. It's not, and that's what most people sort of don't like. They don't want to sit down and actually think through that entire process. They get into the as you're saying, they get into their emotions, and they're like, "This is such a good product. It works so well." But you're not the one who's going to be using it. Yeah. So while you may be very sentimental and love it, ask yourself who will be using it. And look for people who will be using it and ask them, what do you think about the product? Without any bias, does it work? Mm-hmm. Then use that feedback to adjust the product to ensure that the product is maximally efficient and is functioning properly then use those functionalities for your marketing for the product.
Mr. Brown. Mm, yes, sir. Someone somewhere owes you two percent of their business right now. I I hope it actually helps them grow their businesses. <laughs> you know, honestly, whenever I'm actually getting you on the show, let me be very honest with you. As I was prepping for this, I really was like, man, there should be some way how we can monetize some episodes because they're really worth it, you know. And I don't know how much game people are actually getting off of this, but I have literally been, my pen has been on the paper like for the past 15 minutes straight, like without break, you know, and I'm looking at my, my notes and I'm like, Yo, there's like really a lot of things that I'm going to implement immediately, like as soon as we go of this, there's some things that I'm going to do before I even go to bed, <laughs> you know, and like, I, I just feel like it would really be a disservice for someone, anyone out there that is listening to this and like you get up and all you say is, hey, man, episode was fire. You know, but you never actually go anything that you're actually going to put into practice, you know. And like, we're not trying to be bougie here or like make you feel uncomfortable, perhaps make you feel like you're not doing enough. But the reality is that there's some things that, yes, you do not know and it's not your fault and it doesn't make you a bad person. But now that you know, what are you going to do about it? You know, like, what? how are you going to get these things, these lessons that you're actually getting in real time and apply them to whatever you're doing? You know, because that's the essence for sure. That's the essence. And that's why we do this. As we've had, as you've had from Mr. Brown, like, the most important thing for him is the fact that you actually implement these things, you know, and, like, he doesn't care if he gets a percentage off of what you do or not, or if you ever give him credit or perhaps, you know, invite him to launch of your product or whatever but for as long as you're actually implementing these things and they're working that's all that counts you know so if you're listening to this man i really hope you're getting something i'm getting something for sure and i keep saying this many times for the regs you do know i keep saying this a lot but i hope it doesn't really offend you that much even if it does i really don't care that much but for sure <laughs> this is more for me than for anyone else you know because as much as, yeah, I may be the host to this, but I'm also a student to it as well, you know, and I get people here because I know that they have something to offer, they have something to teach, and they have something to teach me firstly as well, you know, and so that is why I actually, you know, make an effort to actually bring them. So for sure, Mr. Brown, you have really, really given out so much game for sure. If you ever find that pen, that fingerprint pen, please holler at me. I've... <laughs> <laughs> I'm so invested into it. Like when you said it, I, I literally stopped writing and I looked at my pen. I was like, yo. <laughs> if someone tells this joint, it will be gone for good. You know. <laughs> you, 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 you instantly got rid of the hosting of a show. You're like, this is the last episode, guys. It's been nice. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting my own pen company, Future Pens, coming to your shop soon. <laughs> but as, as, as a matter of fact, by the way, as a matter of fact, if that pen actually popped up on the radar, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, we'll be having a totally different conversation. But I hear there is a percolator, by the way, that you like just talk to and you say boil water at 42 degrees and it boils it so low. Have you heard about it? I have, yes. And not just percolators, they're doing a lot of that now for kitchenware. So um, 
uh, be it your cooker, microwaves, name it. Uh, toasters are where they even learn what you like and exactly how you like it. <laughs> but you know what this says to us? The message it actually tells us is that um, we need to really, really upgrade our skill level and our skill set. Oh, yeah. And not just skill level. I think, um, well, as I said, your your show has listened, the kind of listeners that we want, uh, rather the kind of listeners who, if, if in the next 5, 10, 20 years, we have not grown as a country, mm. it's because those the listeners have not taken action or did not do anything about it. Because they... Um, I mentioned Seth Gordon when, when we were starting and, and, uh, he talks a lot about early adopters and how Apple was built and how a lot of these companies really got to be huge and how they are. And it's always what we call the early adopters, the people who listen and say, wow, that's a good idea. Yeah. You should try it out and they get it done. And then, you know, other people are like, eh, when did you guys but this is nice. This is good. This is working. And, you know, everybody follows it. So in, in a similar manner, I just, uh, it just came to mind. I saw something, um, yesterday or today, something, uh, somebody sent me something and, oh, actually it was, it was more hilarious because they were, they were talking about, um, COVID and going to get the jab and the vaccine and all that. But anyway, yeah. the, the video, the video they were showing, uh, has a typewriter, uh, it has, uh, I think, uh, what the telephone booths, the ones that used to call, and a lot of other, some of those gadgets that right now, uh, people who are what, age 20, have no idea what those things are, because mm-hmm. they never saw them. And, and the whole idea of, of that ad was, you're old. Go get, go get a shot, you're vulnerable. But then I think, I thought about it, I was like, I've seen all these things, like I've used it. Like when I used to be in school, in high school, we'd, you'd have those core boxes in the school. Yeah. And what you'd use, like you'd know numbers, you'd know your neighbor's number who, which, you know, if you don't get through to your dad, you call the neighbor's number or you call uncle so and so who will then find a way of, you know, like that's how it used to happen. Like we we used to send, we used to carry stamps to school to send letters. Whoa, okay. you know. Yeah. Now you say whoa, but that was not long ago. Yeah. That's a problem. Like that was fifteen years ago. Ouch. Okay. Right. Right now, so much has happened that I literally saw the first cell phones coming to the market and things like that, and you know they just had. A tone that was like that was it. That was not that long ago. That's the point. Okay. Right now, the phone we're using right now, and the calls we are, we are on, would have like we would have to be working for uh for a major corporation to have had this conversation on phone like this for a whole hour. You know, because mm. the bill would be crazy, right? Yes. As in the fact that the phone you touch on the screen and you know you send pictures just by touching the screen and stuff that that was crazy. Mm-hmm. My point is that 
everybody listening in knows that. The pastor, the point that I'm trying to put across is this, it was not that long ago. Mm. Like it looks like it was a long time ago. But 2025, 2026, 2030 is, is that. That's it. This, this right now is the typewriter where we are living in right now. Mm. So the question is, what's that laptop or that smartphone in 2030 that you should be thinking of now? That's, that's what I'm trying to say. Mm. You know? Mm. You get it? Because trying to fix stuff right now is, is not, it's already being fixed. A lot of those things, the apps are there and all those things. I mean, you know, they're there. But, you know, one of the, one of the easiest secrets that, uh, has been there is just looking at, you know, those movies that are made, futuristic movies that are made for 2050. Yeah, yeah. Flying cars and I don't know what, all those kind of things. Like just go and look at that and if it wows you, Start thinking of how you can actually make it. As in, that's how Tesla, that's how Tesla came to be. You know? Mm-hmm. As in, we were all like, what would happen if a car never needed petrol? And you just like, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was like, isn't that a cool idea? Hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, it's, it's a cool idea now. But it's reality in the next six, ten years. Somebody is actually working in it. Mm. Is it you? Yeah. Yeah. My, my, my. So I think I should start working on my fingerprint pen. Exactly. That's the point. <laughs> that's what you've been trying to tell me for the past seven minutes, but you weren't pressing it directly. <laughs> very <laughs> true, very true. But as a matter of fact, you know, we've been mentioning about, we've been mentioning Seth Gordon for sure, and, uh, uh, let the people know what's your favorite book of Seth? Ah, the Purple Cow. It has to be the Purple Cow. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Uh, because it's life is about life is about getting attention. Mm-hmm. Especially if the, if the other gender I understand that by the way, maximally. You get it. Like if, <laughs> if all of you, if no, all of you, mm-hmm. if all of you are dressed in white, who is that in black? Yeah, that's what you need to do. Like we, we all sell. By the way, we all market. Mm-hmm. Just don't don't walk into the same room where everybody's in blue, and you also wear blue. If you intend, if you intend to blend in. Blue is perfect for you. Mm. But if you want people to pay attention to you, just change the color. Oof. Purple car effect, yes. Hmm. Anyway, um, <laughs> listen, to be very honest with you, let me be very honest with you. I, I do have, uh, I do have two more questions I'd like to put across and then we'll come to the end of this. As I promise it would only be 60 minutes. But we started off with 13 minutes, 13 minutes of personal foolishness. And 13 or 13. <laughs> <laughs> okay, join to the in there, but nonetheless, I mean, like, it's the incident of the show, you know. Like, there's, there's just too much seriousness going on around, so we might as well just have a mumble jumble of both of them. 
and you know at least have something that is educative as is entertaining you know and just strike a balance here and there we may not really be the funniest guys around or perhaps the most knowledgeable and like strategic and tactical guys but at least we try to give you a blended mix of both i hope you do enjoy it i do really enjoy this for sure and uh you know as we come to the end of the show I just want to ask one question, though, that I just feel, you know, uh, something that you, you, you mentioned in the start about the TEDx event. And I, I just felt like perhaps someone out there maybe would meet, must have been waiting for this question. You know, you mentioned that there is a blueprint to, you know, uh, creating events and like, you know, marketing events and just making sure that everything goes in order as planned. Uh, I, I'm just wondering, like, what does the blueprint look like? Um, okay, so... Um, I hope you don't mind sharing it. No, I don't. So, well, it depends on 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 the scale of the event, but for most events I've dealt with, there are certain key elements about it. Uh, one is the usual communication. So, our... Uh, your communication needs to be as clear as possible. Like you can't, like you may be wanting to put so many things, but if it's a wedding, it's a wedding. Mm-hmm. Leave it as that. Like it's a wedding. That's it. So mm-hmm. forget, forget mixing it with, oh, but we can capitalize on this and have this and have this and have this. Yeah. So for instance, if you have a tax event, for instance, right? Mm-hmm you may be looking at it as an opportunity to market and to do all these other things. But that's not what a TEDx event is. Ooh. Okay? Even TED tells you, like, we had to play these videos over and over again. That's not it. So while other people may be like, yeah, and this this would be a good opportunity to, to market my product, to do all these things, that's not what it is. So understand what, the event is for first. That's number one. Number two. Um, for every event, there will always be service providers. You're going to need sound or you're going to need food. You're going to need decor. There will be service providers. That's how events normally happen. Mm-hmm. Now, if you can use the same service provider for as maximally like if if it's if it's your sound guy, let your sound guy do your audio, let them uh let them do your visual, let them do like everything related to the technology bit, let them handle it. One guy. Mm, okay. okay. Now I see I see people going like, oh but I know I know Hosni. Hosni has a an excellent sound system. Uh so and so so what that does is that those people will have to first come and learn how to work together. Mm. So it normally messes up. It's not that that guy has a bad system or that one has one. Yeah. But when it comes to service providers, so if you're doing hospitality, so the person doing the entire cooking and everything, don't mix them up. Let them do everything. Get a person who does everything in that space. Yeah. So normally, like, the, uh, when it comes to events, if you have things like tents, if you have all these things, there are people who basically do full events. So he'll set up, he has tents, he has, he has 
sound, he has the stage, he has all that, like, you know. So use that person who provides you with almost all those things that you need in that category. So that's number two. Mm-hmm. Number three, be organized. Everything must be detailed to the letter. Who is going to carry the flowers? So and so. Are they aware? Yes. Have they confirmed? Yes. Be very specific to the letter. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so we have Osni on stage. Is he aware? What is he going to talk about? What are the outcomes? How much time are we giving it? Be very specific with everything, top to bottom. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's number three. Number four, when it comes to events, don't leave them open. Mm. Like, uh, for most people, they're like, no, everybody is welcome. You can come in. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you may have done all those other things, right? Yeah. <laughs> that will mess you up because it is not organized. And events have to be organized that way. The, that's why a good event is a good event. You have to be organized. So you need to know who is coming in. Who is your audience? Are they going to appreciate the event? Because then it makes the event more memorable. It makes it uh, all those kind of things. So don't leave it open-ended. Don't just, you know, okay? Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, item number five is always the budget. Yeah. Ensure that you have the full budget for everything. Don't don't leave things hanging. Don't go like, ah, oh, by the time we get towards the end of the event... We will figure out where to get that. Have the budget to the letter know everything as it is, as it as it costs. Yeah. Cost all of it. Ensure that you have a plan for that budget. Whether or not you have the money at that moment, but ensure that you have, you know where that money is going to come from. Mm-hmm. Factor it all in. Otherwise, you get stuck in between, and all those other things become useless. So that's it. Moment of silence. I was actually taking my last note. My apologies. <laughs> so thank you very much, Mr. Brown, once again. It is re- it has really, really been a pleasure having you on the show. And you do know it is always, always quite, you know, an enjoyable experience to have you on the phone. Um, we, we have actually had very few encounters. As a matter of fact, uh, let's be very real, you know, because if we speak of encounters, there are two kinds of encounters. There's the physical encounter and then there is the you know, like just a mobile or perhaps virtual encounter. And we have had more of the virtual than the physical, but it feels like I have actually met you in person and like we have talked about all this stuff like face-to-face. I don't know if you feel this way, but I really feel this way strongly, you know, and I I really appreciate you for creating this environment for me and like um, pushing me to actually get to like grow mentally and like get to, Get this kind of exposure, you know, because there's a quote that says that the difference between us and everybody else is information, you know, and, uh, you know, just just exposing myself firstly and uh, my audience as well to this information is really, really a pleasure. And it's something that we very much appreciate on behalf of my audience and on behalf of <laughs> that's going to sound weird as good and on behalf of myself. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, but still, nonetheless, we really appreciate you very much for the time as well and for the patience and tolerance. I would say sometimes I can be a very, uh, how can I say it? How can I say it? I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to put myself to the T, but not necessarily in jail. But <laughs> what I'm trying to say is sometimes I can be very, um, very, very abstract in my approach, you know, but nonetheless, you have been very patient with me and I really appreciate that so much. Thank you very much, sir. You are most welcome, Hosni. It's a pleasure, always. And as a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, is there anything else that you'd like to have the listeners get to know about you or perhaps anything else that you would uh, send them to just to check out? Um, okay, so... Uh, last 60 seconds. Um, so for, for, I'm really passionate about building young businesses. Um, and I'm very much willing to provide, uh, be it, uh, advice or whatnot, just to help them grow, uh, whatever they have as ideas. So, uh, for that reason, of course, uh, Hosni has, uh, ways of contacting me in terms of, uh, we have the website, of course, which is, uh, uh, onestopbees.org. Um, uh, but two quotes that I've lived by for a really long time now, like 10 plus years. Uh, I never forget them. Um, one, the first quote said, uh, something like, uh, do not sweat the small stuff. Yeah. Um, comma, everything is small stuff. Ooh. So it's, it's a very simple quote, but it, like, it just means everything. Yeah. And I'm saying this because young people, I know, and I know how it gets. Like, you, you try and you push and you push and you push and yeah. it just, it just seems it's not going anywhere and you get frustrated and there's all this mental fatigue and all these things. And when you remember that quote and you just realize, oh, no matter how big it is, it's still not that big a deal. So don't sweat it. Just keep pushing, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's quote number one. And then quote number two, which is also equally as important, is if you change nothing, nothing changes. Mm, that's also one of my favorites as well yeah so that's it thank you so much Mr. Brown most welcome thank you Hosni